Welcome to Momentum Church. I have a lot of stuff. You know, this wouldn't be a problem if I was a woman. I'd bring my Mary Poppins purse up here and, you know, just start pulling stuff out. All right. But welcome to Bite Size, a uh, new sermon series that we're going through. My name, for those of you that are new in the house, my name is Brantley Johnson. I'm the executive pastor here at Momentum Church. And uh, I want to get started with a message that I received. Um, I, I asked them to write it down. I got a phone call while we were shooting the video for this. And it's a guy who never calls me from the church. And, um, and, and so I was like, oh, something must be wrong if this guy's calling. Uh, and so as we're shooting the video for Bite Size, this is what he tells me. He says, Brantley, I've, I've got, I believe, a word from God for you for this, uh, for, for something that's coming up in ministry here. And he said, uh, this was the word that he got. You know how when you're trying to eat better, it's really tough. It's as if everyone at work all decided to bring donuts and cookies and cupcakes. If you failed to make an effort, prepare, pack, and fill up on healthy food, your hunger will overwhelm you and you will succumb to the temptations of the lesser food. The same is true when you are spiritually hungry. There is an abundance of bad spiritual food around you, and if you do not make the effort to prepare and fill up on the good spiritual food, you will fill yourself up with the bad stuff. And I said, bro, let me call you back. I'm shooting, I'm shooting this video right now for bite size uh, and, and talking about spiritual principles. And uh, Pastor Marvin, can I give this to you? Because inevitably it's going to buzz and I'm going to get distracted. Um, and, and so I, that's what I want to be able to start with is this word from God, you know, that, that was given to us uh, while we're creating this is just a, a word of confirmation for where we're headed. And as we get started this morning, uh, in order to really kick this off, I feel like I need to make a confession. My confession is actually of, of tension that I experience sometimes in my marriage. Anybody ever experienced tension in your marriage? No, never. It's in my marriage. And I don't know whose water this is. It's not mine. Um, but I could drink it and we could test out, you know, the will of the Lord as to whether I should live or die right now. Um, so I'm going to put that right down there. That'll work. Uh, yeah, so uh, tension in my marriage. I, the, the, the tension, it revolves around ordering at Starbucks. I, I don't want to have to order for my wife. Like, I, it, it's, not, it's not a pride thing. It's a, it, it's like, it's terrifying to me because it, it always pulls, we pull up and, and the same thing happens. We get up to the little box and I'm easy, right? It's, it's easy for me. I'm, you know, they say, hey, what can we get for you today? Welcome to Starbucks, whatever nice things they have to say. And you look pretty today through the box, right? And so I'm like, hey, thanks very much. I appreciate that. Um, and uh, so then I tell them, listen, I just want a tall coffee with one pump of vanilla and a little bit of cream. That's it. Pretty easy. And they say, Oh, this is what happens every time. Uh, can we get you anything else? And I do this. <laughs> like, I'm not going to repeat your salvation prayer right now. <laughs> like, it's too much pressure on me. I just need you to yell over me. Just, just yell. They can hear you. Like, but then it, what follows is not her yelling her order and appeasing me. She does this. And we've been through this. Like, there is a routine that we have, and she should know the routine by now, but she doesn't. And so she just whispers, and she says, yeah, I'll have a chai tea latte. I want it tall. I, I want it. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not doing this. And now the awkward silence is on the other end. You can hear them breathe.
breathing and like, what are they doing? Will they please get their marriage together? And I'm like, no, if you want coffee, yell over me and get your coffee. You tell them your order. I don't want to yell. I'm like, well, then you ain't getting no coffee. And you know, like, like that's what happens. And it, I don't know why it's really not that big of a deal, right? It's her order. I, I'm going to try to get it right. I'm going to do my best right now. I think it's a tall decaf chai tea latte with cream and no sugar. Is that right? No. See? <laughs> it's too much pressure. I can't get it right. It's, it's too big of a thing for me, and I don't want to have to deal with it. <laughs> and, and in reality, it's, it's not that big of a deal, right? Okay, we all get it, right? If we waste $15 on a cup of coffee, we waste $15 on a cup of coffee. It is what it is, right? Not that big of a deal, right? For me, though, I feel like it's a big deal, and that's, what, that's how we are with a lot of things in life. That's how we are with a lot of exercise, right? You have this picture in your mind, and you're like, oh, yeah. Like, you're scrolling on Pinterest, and you're like, that's who I'm going to look like. I don't know if people do that on Pinterest. I, I'm, not, I'm not social, uh, and so I don't get that stuff. But, like, wherever you scroll to find pictures of people that you want to look like, that's what you did. And now you find that picture, and you're like, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to be a vegan, and, and I'm going to do all this stuff, right? And then you're like, all right, let's figure out how to do this, because I'm going to start tomorrow. And, and so you're, you're pumped, right? You're, you're ready to do this. And then you start looking, and you're like, okay, I've got to eat like this for six months. No, a year. A, they did this for a year to look like this? I don't know about this. How much do they have to work out? Maybe I could do that. You got to work out an hour every day, six days a week? I don't think so. Like, that's, that's too much. That, for a whole year, I'll find somebody to get to that. It is too big. It's too overwhelming. You know what? I might as well find somebody that looks a little bit more like me. Right? Or for some of you in here, you want to write a book. So some of you, I, I know there is at least one person in here, and you're like, you know what, I want to write a book. And, and you're excited about writing this book because you got a good idea. But then you start looking, and you see this finished product, and you're like, that's, that's my book. That's what I'm going to have. And, and so, but then you start looking, and you're like, oh, dang, i got to start writing. Um, all right, so i got to start writing. Then I, I need to find a literary agent. Uh, and once I find the literary agent, then we got to start putting a book proposal together. And, and, and in order for me to get a book proposal together, i got to start researching all of the other books that are like mine but that are different because I'm not going to say the same thing that other people have said because I've got a different book. It's going to be better. But then once I get the pr book proposal and somebody actually accepts it, and then i got to go to the publisher, and then i got to go through the whole editing process, and it's back and forth and back and forth. And, and from what I understand, it's a three-year to four-year process to get a book published. Man, that's way too big. I can't do that. That's too overwhelming. But that's, that's what we do with big goals. We all have these dreams. We all have all the different things for your life that you think are big life moments. You have these moments where it's all of a sudden, I don't know, man, that seems like a lot for me to try to commit to. I don't think I could actually do all of that. And that's what bite size is. That's that's the essence of bite size, right? For, for, for those of you in here that may not be Christians or for those online that may not be Christians, Christ followers, like you don't believe in Jesus, you're like, listen, my friend told me that they would take me to lunch after this if I showed up and I don't have any food in my fridge, so I'm here, right? Like that's the only reason why you're here. Oh, great, that's okay. Bite size is still for you because this is all about setting these goals and understanding how to achieve the goals in your life that you're trying to achieve. It's just for Christ followers in here, we take on a little bit of a, a, a more spiritual 
uh, process. It's a, it's a little bit of a different process because we're trying to pursue Christ. We're trying to live like Christ would want us to live. And we do the same exact thing with you. And you probably know what I'm talking about, right? You, uh, you take the, the thought of, man, I wish I could be like this person, you know, whoever this person is. I, I, you know what? I, I'd love to be able to experience God the way that other people experience God because I've never experienced God, you know? Like I show up, I believe that God is there, but I just don't know, you know, and I come in and I see people worshiping and like raising their hands and that's a little bit strange to me and you got, you know, some guy that's yelling out, you know, Jesus and all of this and that's a little bit weird and you got people crying and, and, they, and they all tell me that they're having this experience, uh, like they're, they're experiencing the presence of God and I've never experienced that. But you know what? It would be nice to experience something like that. You know, if I'm being honest, that would be pretty cool, right? I'm not trying to become one of these crazy Jesus people, but I do believe in him. And it would be neat if at some point I could experience what I've heard a lot of other people have experienced. Uh, you know, for some people in the room, it's, you know, I'd love to be able to, to, you know, read my Bible and pull life truth out of it. You know, like one of the greats, that'd be awesome. You know, but i uh, can't even really understand it, you know. So, like, whenever I go to sit down and read my Bible, I don't even understand it. And, and I know that there has to be something there because the pastors that I've been around, they all tell me that there's life-giving truth in there and there's life-changing truth, but, you know, and that it could still be relevant. But how could the Bible actually be relevant to my life if, honestly, I can't even understand what I read? It'd be neat if I could at least understand what I'm reading, Right? I mean, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. It doesn't have to be a crazy goal. It's nothing outlandish, but in our minds, it seems overwhelming. It seems, it seems like we can't do that. And, and what about the people that, that you, you have a hard time praying for people? Like, man, it, listen, okay, I don't want to be crazy, but if a coworker came up to me and said that their, their family member just passed away or, or they've got a friend in the hospital, like, I'd like to at least be able to confidently pray for that person. You know, and I've heard that, that some people pray consistently and they actually hear from God. And, and, and that would be cool because if I actually believe that God is a living God and, and, and he can actually speak and he's a speaking God, it would be nice if I could actually hear from that God. But I don't even know that I'm comfortable praying by myself, let alone in front of other people, let alone being able to hear the voice of God. I don't know what that's like. That's what bite size is all about. That's, that's the idea of bite size because we see what we would love to achieve, but then we start thinking about all of the different, the time that we would have to invest, maybe the early mornings or the late nights or the listening to the in a small group or the time coming to church around other people and just listening to the conversations that are happening and, and, and trying to invest the time and studying and all of this. And we think about all of this and it's like, man, there's so much. And then I got to worship and I've got to worship on my own. And, 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 and it all just seems to stack up. And, and you see where you want to be and where you currently are, and it just seems like it's too big of a difference. It seems too overwhelming. But see, I think that if we look at any goal in life, right, any, any goal in life, what we have to be okay with is the idea that we have to break it down into bite-sized pieces. Because it doesn't have to be that difficult. It doesn't have to be that overwhelming. It's just... Bite-sized pieces. And I think that we could see this. Let's go to Exodus chapter 23. 
Exodus chapter 23. Genesis, Exodus, it's the second book in the Bible. All right, I'm going to go to uh, verse 27. Now, let me just set this up a little bit for everybody here. Uh, so if you don't know anything about uh, the Bible, you don't know anything about the Exodus story, uh, there are a bunch of Hebrew people. Uh, the nation of Israel is in Egypt, and they are enslaved. Uh, and it's, it's really bad for them. They've been there for 400 years, and, um, and so they have been enslaved. And now things are, are rough, and God has already promised, hey, listen, I'm going to bring you into a land flowing with milk and honey. What that means is, is that there's going to be enough room uh, for you to uh, do all of your agriculture stuff. You know, you'll, you'll have crops and flocks, right? Crops and flocks. That's on Kanye's next album. And, um, <laughs> and so you're going to have, it's a lot of space. It's going to be, it's going to be fruitful. Okay. You're going to be blessed beyond belief with crops and flocks. And, and so it, it, it's, it's really incredible. And, and then what I'm going to jump ahead in the story just a little bit. Okay. So they end up coming out of Egypt uh, and they see this land, right? We send, uh, or I say we, like I was part of them. Um, so the, the Hebrews, they send 10 spies, they send 12 spies into the land, but 10 come back and say, hey, listen, this is everything that we dreamed of. I mean, it's, it's huge, like cities all over the place. It's, it's really incredible. Um, but here's the problem. It's too big. Like, there's no possible way. The, the, the city, the, the land is too vast. Uh, there are too many people, and those people that are in those cities, they're way too strong for us. There's just no possible way. They see this, this goal of this land in sight, and they see what they want, but at the same time, they feel too overwhelmed with what it's going to take to overtake that land and take the blessings to them before they even go there. And so here's what, here's what God's advice is to them before they even go there. Uh, verse 27, he says, I will send my terror ahead of you and throw into confusion all the people among whom you come, and I will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. I will send hornets ahead of you so that they will drive out the Hivites, the Canaanites, and the Hittites before you. I will not drive them out before you in a single year, that the land may not become desolate, and the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. Listen to this. I will drive them out before you little by little until you become fruitful and take possession of the land. All right? He says, I'm going I'm to drive them out little by little. Right? You've got this great big goal, but you have to understand this is not going to happen over the course of a year. can't happen that fast. I'm going to drive them out little by little. You're going to take one city at a time. You're going to listen to my voice one day at a time. And I'm going to, I'm going to help guide you along the way. But if you get caught up in, in the battle of AI whenever you haven't even taken down Jericho, the problems are going to mount pretty quickly for you. You don't need to worry about so far down the line as you do my day-to-day -day guidance in your life, my day-to-day bite-sized pieces. We're going to take this thing one city at a time time and if you if you stay with me I will be your God and you will be my people and we will walk into the blessings that I have promised you this this is the way though that this is the way that we like to view goals in our lives okay right M&Ms that's how we like to view our goals uh, and and so so this is how we like to view our goals right we have a goal that we want this thing to be filled and there we go done 
Congratulations, you've reached your goals. That's, that's what we want, right? There's a reason why Instant Pot is like the number one seller in the world right now. It's like, we thought crock, whoever invented the crock pot was the genius. And then there came the Instant Pot. And we're like, why do I need to do anything in less than five minutes? I don't know. Let's, let's figure out a quicker way to cook meat, right? This is, how we, this is how we want to achieve our goals right here. But in reality, right, the, the, the more successful way for us to achieve our goals is just one little M&M at a time, right? One little M&M at a time. If, if the goal is to have that thing filled, this is actually better representative of our life. And this is better representative of our spiritual lives, right? It's just, it's just one little M&M at a time, man, and that's... And, and, we hang out. And, and what we have to learn how to do is we have to learn how to be okay with the bites. Because what I would argue is, is that if we can learn how to be okay with the bites, then we can start to learn how to celebrate every single M&M, every single time that you open up your Bible, every single time that you choose to pray, even though you don't necessarily know how to pray, every single time you choose to worship, every single time you choose to go to church, or, or you choose to, to take a step of faith and say, I think that maybe God wanted me to pray for you today. Like every time that we do those little itty bitty things, you know? It's just, it's one little M&M at a time. And, and, and then this is actually a better representation of our life. But this is also where we quit most of the time. And it's like, man, if we go back, if we go back to just that first one, like that, just that first one, man, you get saved and, and you open up that Bible for the first time, that first one. Let me ask you this. Is that jar more full or less full than it was just a moment ago. It's more full than whenever it was empty, right? But there's only one in it. That's okay. We need to learn how to celebrate this. And can I say that, that we need to learn how to celebrate each other, right? I don't care if you've been saved for 15 years and you've never opened up your Bible before. Like, you should be okay with leaning over to your neighbor and, and saying, hey, listen, I, I know I've been saved for a long time. This is actually the first time that I've ever read the book of John. And you know what? We should be a church that's willing to say, dude, good job. Good job. Like, you got one more M&M in the jar. Hey, I know I've been saved for five, six years, and, and I, listen, I've been scared this whole time to be willing to pray or lift my hands in church, and this is, this is actually the first time that I've ever done that. Man, praise God. Like, you're, you're one bite closer to where you want to be. Just one bite closer. That's, that's all that you have to be. But this is where so many times we get discouraged and we quit. This is where we get discouraged and we quit. And, and it's like, as, as a church, whether we are Momentum Church or just the Church of Jesus, right? We need to be willing to look for the M&Ms in other people's jars and say, good job. Because I know that you're not where you want to be yet, but you are taking bites towards where you want to be. And ultimately, if we continue to take bites to, towards where we want to be, as Christ followers, one day we will be more like Christ, 
And you know what? With a single bite today, you are more like Christ today than you were yesterday. That's what we need to celebrate. All of these, I, I'm going to bring it up. All these haters on Facebook and Instagram and whatever else against freaking Kanye West. I'm sorry, I wasn't allowed to say that. Against Kanye West for his salvation and him trying to change the world. Listen, I don't care if it collapses. It is not against G more salvations today because of it. Anybody who is not against Jesus is for Jesus. And at this point, from what I can tell, Kanye is for Jesus. So let's, let's celebrate with the guy that this man who had the whole world, this man had the whole world in his back pocket. Everything that, that the world represents was with him. And he said, you know what? I've seen, I've tasted everything that the world has to offer. And you know what? I'm going to take a bite of Jesus now. Because everything that the world has to offer isn't good enough for me, and it's going to take me a little while to get, to get the world out of me. But I'm going to keep taking a little bit more, and a little bit more, and a little bit more, and I'm going to be more like Jesus today than I was yesterday, and, 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 and more like him tomorrow than I was today. And that should be our goal as disciples of Christ, is just give me a little bit more. Jesus, I know I'm not where you want me to be yet, but I'm going to keep on taking bites. The second part to this is that we can't rush the process. Can't rush the process. Let's go to Genesis chapter 16. Genesis chapter 16. This is something that the Lord showed me uh, this week. Um, I'm not saying it's original to me. I haven't heard this anywhere else. Uh, and so what I'd love to be able to do is I'd love to be able to show you just a little bit of the relationship, all right? Because there, there's a lot of different things. If you go back into Genesis, it's a lot of fun if you start digging in, right? And, and different stories can have different meanings on top of meanings and on top of meanings because that's how the Hebrew mind works is, man, there is one illustration that can illustrate all kinds of different things in your life. And that's what we can find here uh, with the story of Abram, Sarai, I'm going to say Sarah because I can't pronounce that correctly, Sarah and Hagar, okay? And so here, as we read through this, I just, I want you to see kind of the relationships up here because it takes too long to write. I'm just going to give you an A, an S, and an H, okay? So we've got Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar, all right? Now, one of the things that was pointed out to me this week was actually that uh, as you start reading through Scripture, sometimes you will see where uh, they will give what seems like redundant details, like they'll say the same kind of thing over and over again. Here in this passage, what you're going to see is there's actually the relationship trying to illustrate is repeated over and over and over again. And it's not that it's redundant, it's that they are trying to illustrate the point of the relationship and the tension that's created in that relationship. That's what they're trying to accomplish. So we're just going to read six verses here. Uh, in chapter 16, verse uh, 1 is where we're going to start. Now Sarah, Abraham's wife, had bore him no children, and she had an Egyptian maid whose name was Hagar. So Sarah said to Abram, Now behold, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I will obtain children through her. And Abraham listened to the voice of Sarah. After Abram lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Abram's wife, Sarah, right? You can see that redundancy. We already know she's his wife. Abram's wife, Sarah, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her maid, 
and gave her to her husband as his wife. He went into Hagar and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her sight. And Sarah said to Abram, may the, may the wrong done me be upon you. I gave my maid into your arms, but when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her sight. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarah, behold, your maid is in your power. So check this out. This is what ends up happening. So Sarah, she's going to represent us, okay? She's going to represent us. And, and what she does is, is she is the wife of Abraham. But what she does is, is there was a promise given to Sarah and Abraham that you are going to have children. You're going to have a child. But we see where 10 years has passed in the land of Canaan. She still doesn't have any children. And what ends up happening is, is like she has this goal in mind. It was actually a word from God given to her. And so she has this thing in her mind that she is supposed to achieve, but it's, it's just taken too long. And she starts to get frustrated with the process. And, and what she should have been able to do in a moment was say, you know what? God made this promise to me. And so with every day that I don't have a child, that is one day closer to me having a child. I'm going to say this again. Every day that I don't have a child is actually one day closer I am to having a child. Because God promised it. And a God who promises it will fulfill it. So I need to change my perspective to where I'm not thinking about what I don't have and the time that has elapsed where I didn't have what I wanted, where I didn't achieve what all I wanted, but instead my mindset needs to change to where I am looking ahead and saying, guess what? There's a countdown on. I don't know exactly what that countdown looks like, but I know that I'm going to get to a point where God fulfills his promise in my life. One day I'm going to get to a point where I am able to to fulfill the goals that are in my life. But she doesn't. She gets impatient with the process, and she says, okay, you know what? I'm going to take my maid. Some translations call her the slave girl, the, the, the person who was supposed to be there to serve me. I'm now going to elevate her to the same status as me. So now we see where she has become the wife of Abraham. She is on the same plane as Sarah. But then what ends up happening, because she gave Hagar elevation, now Hagar has the opportunity to elevate herself, and she ends up getting pregnant. And now we find where she is above Sarah. She's above Sarah now. And, and Sarah's upset with this. And you know who she turns to? Like, she doesn't get mad at herself. She doesn't get mad at Hagar. She gets mad at Abraham. But what I love about Abraham's response is, is he, gets, he gets all of this in context. He understands. He's like, hey, listen, you're the one that put her in this place. She was your servant, and you chose to make her at the same level as you. And so he says, hey, listen, Sarah, look, I'm going to put this back on you. You deal with your maid the way that you're supposed to deal with a maid. Stop elevating your problems. And that's what we do with regards to various goals in our lives. That's what we do with regards to our spirituality, our discipleship. 
See, what we end up doing is, is that we have this goal in our mind and we set out and we start trying to accomplish it. We get to about this in our lives and then we start getting frustrated and we want to rush the process. And we say, you know what, man, like I... I'm so tired of dealing with all of this nonsense, right? Like I've been trying to hear God's voice for a long time. And to be quite honest, I haven't heard nothing since I started. I've been trying to read the Bible and I'm getting any better. I've been trying to worship in my car by myself. I've been trying to show up to church and nothing really seems to be changing. And so you know what? Instead of me getting up whenever my alarm goes off because I've made a new habit to get up with the Lord, you know what? This is all baloney. I I don't need this. This isn't going anywhere. And so what was designed to serve us, we then accidentally kind of elevate because we are tired of the process and we'd rather just rush it along. And so now all of a sudden, uh, the, the questions that we had about God, the questions that we had about Scripture suddenly take a turn, and now we've elevated them to the point where those questions have turned into questioning. And, and instead of having questions for God, we question God. If you are such a good God, why would you let this, this kind of stuff happen? If you were actually a speaking God, why can't I hear you? And we start to take on this this line of the accuser instead of the line of the victor. And so we turn to God and we say, God, this is your problem, right? Like, I didn't have all these doubts before. You should have taken care of it. It's it's all. But it's not. And he he turns back to us and he says, hey, Sarah. You deal with the maid. Go back to doing what you were supposed to be doing. Like, you can't rush this process. The process that you wanted was to have a child. And I told you I was going to do that for you. But you wanted to rush this process. And now, guess what? The blessing that you were supposed to have, somebody else has it. Because you rushed the process. And I just don't, I don't want us to miss out on the blessings that God has for us as we lean into discipleship. We can't rush the process. So we have this tremendous ability to celebrate every M&M, right? And that's where we have to start focusing because if you can start to change the mindset just a little bit, and you say, it's a little bit more full than it was just a minute ago. I'm a little bit closer to Jesus than I was just a minute ago. From the second you open up that Bible and read the first word. Like, you don't have to read for hours and hours and hours. The very first word that you read, put an m M&M in the jar. Because you're like, you know what? I am a little bit closer to being like Jesus than I was just a second ago. From the very first time that you turn on a worship song and you're not used to listening to worship music in your car or you listen to a podcast or, or you show up to church or, or, or you pray for somebody or you pray for yourself, you're a little bit closer and a little bit more like Jesus than you were just a second ago. Isn't that easy? 
We don't have to get caught up on making sure that the jar is full. That's not it. This is not discipleship. This is the product of discipleship. Discipleship is just one little M&M at a time. You can do that. Every week that we get together throughout this Bite Size series, we want to give you the ability to start putting M&Ms in the jar. Just little things. And we're just going to give you little things that you can start doing. Because with every little thing, you're one step closer, right? Every little thing. You're not going to beat yourself up, and you're going to start celebrating every single M&M that you put in the jar. And here's what I want you to do this week. All right, is everybody listening? This is what I want you to do this week. As soon as you leave here today, if you can, all right, today though, make it today. I want you to get a jar, a glass, a, a cup, you know, a bowl. I don't care what it is, some sort of vessel. That's a fun word that we don't use enough, vessel. <laughs> and I want you to go get a bag of M&Ms, all right? I want you to get a bag of M&Ms. Or if you're on a diet, get dog food. <laughs> Doesn't have to be M&Ms. It'll serve the same purpose, all right? Go get it today. And then I want you blowing us up on Facebook and whatever else. Show us your jar. Show us your M&Ms or kibble. And I want you to blow us up. And then here's, here's what we're all going to do, right? You may be really good with appointments on your calendar. Maybe you're not. So if you're really good, pull out your phone anyway, okay? I want everybody to make an appointment right now. I'm not, I'm not joking. Y'all are looking at me like I'm crazy. Pull out your phones. And, and if you are good with your calendar, great. You're going to pretend like you're making another appointment for the sake of those people that aren't good with their calendars, right? That way nobody feels left out. Nobody feels alone. Nobody feels condemned. And then uh, I, what I want you to do is I want you to go to next Sunday. And you're going to make an appointment to be here in service, right? That's your first M&M. If you can do that right now, you go home, you get your bag of M&Ms, you put the first M&M or the first kibble in your jar. That's your first M&M. Because here's the thing. There is something about being in church with other people, you know, that, that there is. And if you're watching online right now, bless you. You still got you got plenty of time. You got like 40 minutes to get here, all right? Be here second service. Because, listen, I, I talked with a guy this week, and you know what he said? He said, Brantley, I've been coming here for over six years, and you still know what the number one thing that I, is that I remember about my first visit to Momentum. So what's that? And he said, you shook my hand, and for the first time, I felt like someone was genuinely happy to see me. That's a big deal, Right? Sometimes we have really terrible weeks, and you need this group of people and others around you who are willing to give you a handshake or a hug, right, or an air high five if you don't like people, right? You need these people around you. You need people around you that are all trying to take life one M&M at a time. You need people around you that are all pursuing the things of Jesus a little bit at a time and that y'all can work together on this thing called Jesus. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for today, Lord. I thank you for this group of people, Lord. I thank you for uh, our ability to be your disciples, God, that you don't call us to perfection in a moment, God, that we achieve perfection in a moment whenever we see you one day. But Lord, here on this earth, Lord, you don't expect that we can achieve it all in an instant, Lord. You expect 
that we will try one little action at a time, Lord. And God, I just pray a blessing over every single person, Lord, that chooses to take their first step, Lord, who chooses to put the first M&M in, the second M&M in, Lord, and, and just takes their very next step, Lord. Let them not be condemned, God. Because we know that we don't, have to, we don't have to jump through a whole lot of unnecessary hoops, God, to please you, Lord. But you are pleased with us as your sons and daughters. And any step that we take towards you, God, is a step that pleases you, God. We love you, God. And we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness, God. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.